All right. Welcome to Conversations with Kika. Today, I'll be talking to Dami. Welcome, Dami. Thanks, Bruno. <laughs> or rather, Kika. <laughs> Anyone. Anyone. <laughs> Funny thing is, eh, because most because most people I start up the 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 podcast with the people that know me pretty well. So everybody resorts to the default Bruno. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's weird calling it Kika, but it's fine. Yeah. I'll see if I can be professional today. Oh no, no, no. It's not it's, it's not about being professional, it's about being friends and talking. Like I want it to be as original and sincere as possible. So let's yeah. let's, let's forget professionality. We can do that at work or some other place. But now Great. let's just have conversation. All right. So, yeah, do it. <laughs> as a little bit of an introduction, Dami is a new mom. She she gave birth nine nine or ten months ago, Dami. Ten now. Ten now. Oof. Jada is ten. Very soon we will be doing the one year birthday and Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Dami is a new mom, so we'll be talking to her about her experience. And uh, I think most of the conversations I've been having recently, like Dami has been focused on the earlier part of childhood. So I figured I, I had conversations with some people and they were like, oh, what about you face it out? So you can do more like a graded scale. So you start with introducing people to what it is like to actually have a child. Because since most of the audience demographics that, that listen to this, they're within that age where they're either having kids for the first time. So you you'll be like a very a very good good conversation partner um, partner on this because like you're just fresh out of the experience yeah and, and your case is sort of like peculiar in the covid era where everybody shared the social distance and stuff so yeah they're called pandemic babies <laughs> I, that, that word has like sort of like a ring to it that i don't like so i don't like i said my child is not pandemic child in jesus name so but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a generic name they're called pandemic babies not my child but yeah <laughs> I, I, I get it so uh so where do we where do you start from so because you you're new so how about we just start from when you first heard you were pregnant? What was it like for you? How was the feeling? Yeah, great. <laughs> okay. Um, I remember I just knew I was pregnant. Okay. I told Adora, oh, my husband is apparently your friend. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, he's sure. He can't be too sure. And the issue was I had pranked him before, like a year before that I was pregnant. So I'm like, oh, God, will you believe me this time? Yeah. So I'm like, this time around, it's true. I'm not kidding. So we did the test and of course I was right, we we're pregnant. And yeah. I was just leave it. I didn't even know how to, I didn't know, I don't know what to feel like. I was not very excited because I'm a planner, you know. I like to I've planned my years like my life like 10 years ahead. Mm-hmm. And here I am with this baby, and we're trying to just settle in Canada because we just moved to Canada. Yeah, we moved to Canada in 2019. Yeah. And by January 2020. We were pregnant so i'm like does this make sense do we even have the job do we have the do we have the funds to take care of this baby like does this make sense that we're pregnant at this time and because i didn't know what to do i remember going to the uh we had to get a family doctor as soon as possible okay. and i went to meet my family doctor and because i was not excited i just thought that okay i'm pregnant and i don't know what next so she was looking at me like ah, 
do you, does, does the baby have a father? I'm like, yeah, the baby has a father. Yeah, to be sure. Married? Like, do you want to take out, take the baby out? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, the baby has a father. I am married legally. So she, she, she was looking at me like, you were not excited. So I had to put up this charade. Like, yeah, I'm excited. I didn't just know what to, I didn't know what next. Like, what am I supposed to expect? Like, I felt alone, if you get what I mean. And it was just the two of us here. We don't have our mothers and our fathers and people that could have put us through are not around. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're just like, okay, we'll probably take it a day after a time, a day at a time. And as usual, my research skills came to play and I started Googling things and Googling yeah. and writing down, I had a journal for everything, what to expect, this mm-hmm. and that. When does my notes get big? So <laughs> when does my neck go black? When do I stop fitting into my clothes? <laughs> and I was just, and then I had the feel, what do I do with my career? Mm. What like what do we what do I do? I just recently gotten a scholarship that took me a a lot. It took a lot for me to get because my supervisor had never employed a Nigerian before. 25 oh. years in service, he has never employed a Nigerian. And I'm just there trying to tell him I can do this. And he was so scared. He was like, should I give it a chance? I just sure you will not disappoint me. Like, wow. and I felt the pressure on me to want to prove that I can do this. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disappoint you. I have all it takes. And, and yeah, yeah, I'm pregnant. After just getting a scholarship for a PhD and I'm pregnant. So I had that pressure of, do I go tell this man that now that I've given a scholarship, oh, I don't carry my legs. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to live or what or what. So yeah that, that's, that, that, that took a toll on me so I told myself no I'm gonna do all it takes I'm gonna walk through it I'm going to not go on maternity leave just mm-hmm. so I can prove myself I'm the yeah. only black girl on my team and we're about almost 30 I'm the only black girl only Nigerian ever so <laughs> I felt like yeah I have to make this work so I didn't tell my boss my my my, my plan was to hide it hide it till it couldn't be eaten anymore so mm-hmm. I kept going to work and every time I get to work, even though I was having morning sickness, I would put up this, this charade of I'm happy, I'm boisterous, you know, mm. just so I don't get any pity party or, oh, are you okay? You look sick. So I didn't want that at all. Yeah. So luckily for me, uh, COVID happened. So mm. we, we had to stay at home for a while. So I had some time to, <laughs> to be pregnant and stay pregnant <laughs> and look pregnant. So, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. So that was that, that that was the beginning of it. That's how it all started, basically. Well, like uh, you know, like coming to this conversation, I was excited because I, I know how talking to how fun talking to you is and how interesting. So you laid down a couple of things that we're going to explore in in detail yeah. uh, about the work, the early part of the pregnancy, the money sickness and stuff. But one thing you said in the podcast that caught my attention why you were you're talking so far you said when i found out we were pregnant so the we factor there was i don't know it, it made me feel some sort of warmth like in my heart and all that that, so that sometimes when a woman is pregnant it's not just her responsibility even if mm-hmm. she goes through the physiological change the physical aspect uh, she bears most of the burdens and all that um in terms of the physical changes that come the money sickness and all that 
So the man is more of a removed party, but that sense of ownership, that sense of weeness in it kind of like helps the other party to realize that, okay, even if she's pregnant, but we still go through this together. So they sort of be more sensitive to your needs um, and understand that, okay, sometimes the hormone hormone aspect of it can make the other party act some, some sort of way and all that. So one question for you. What are some of the, so like some of the things that came Weird up with hormonal while pregnant? Now it's comfortable for me to say we because Adra was really involved. So the the we came very natural to me because of how he handled the situation. Yeah. So I am very meticulous and I'm particular about being right. If you get what I mean, being put mm. together all the time, doing the right and at the right time. My choleric nature is just pronounced in a certain aspect. And mm-hmm. here I am losing control over myself. I usually feel, I usually like to be in control, in control of what I eat, in control, in control of what I do, in control of how I look. Now I have lost total control. And it's a lot for someone that is known to be in control. Yeah. It's a lot for me. So at first, the first eight weeks, I was really happy with myself. Everything was going smooth. I'm like, ah, no morning sickness. And then the vomiting started. Mm. And I know how irritable Adura can be. You know, he's also very finicky about certain things. So yeah. when I want to vomit, I will find myself trying to hide so he doesn't see me make a mess of the bathroom. <laughs> but it was I was I was I was able to relax when I realized that even though I'm making a mess, it's our mess because mm-hmm. I didn't do this by myself. So the only person that is permitted to complain was Joseph in the Bible that don't have a hand in it. In this case, <laughs> I don't do this by myself. So, so, so and then the worst part was my boner, that's my, my gas cooker irritated okay. me. I, like, I cannot believe, I cannot explain how it is, but this, it irritates me. So I avoided the kitchen so badly. I don't go to the kitchen because when I get into the kitchen, the smell from the boner just triggers me and so i do have to learn to cook you know you have to be a hands-on so, i remember those times I, I, I feel like eating jello fries but i don't want to eat jello fries that i cook because i don't feel like eating my food so you have to cook it doesn't have to cook jello fries so bring the water is this water enough in a pot i'm like yeah so very boy and then you wash the rice it's like already couple of cups of rice like two is okay we blend the pepper is this pepper enough i'm like so he had to learn, so I tell him, turn at this time, wait for five minutes. So I was doing those things, and, yeah. and then at some point, I hated chicken. I couldn't even stand to see chicken. For whatever reason, either cooked or uncooked. I don't just want to see it. I remember we were at the mall, and I passed by this aisle where they were selling the frozen chicken, and I mm-hmm. buffed right there. I was so embarrassed. I had to look around, and there were people behind me, and I, couldn't know, I didn't know what to say. Because <laughs> at that time I didn't want to be pregnant, so I'm sure people wonder what's wrong with this girl. So the this the just looking at the frozen chicken triggered me a lot. Mm. I was irritated by it, and I just got tired of eating beef at some point, and he wanted to eat chicken. So I would go to school and tell him, "This is time for you to fry your chicken," and open all the windows in the house because I don't want to perceive anything. So when I come back, all this all your chicken smell must have evaporated and condensed elsewhere. So when I leave, he starts to prepare his chicken and cook it with the way he wants to cook. And then he hides it because 
not only do I want to smell it, I don't want to see it. It's it was a lot. It was, it was just weird. And I was just hoping that I hope this stops soon because this is this is not who I want to be. I don't want to be, I don't want to avoid my kitchen. I can't yeah. cook. I say I'm going to cook for nine months. Then go, go, I started Googling stuff and I realized some people actually felt that way for the whole nine months. Some people did not want to eat certain food. And it, it really scared me, though. It really scared me. But luckily, after the first trimester, mm-hmm. everything just died down. I went back to eating chicken. In fact, my second trimester was a, I had a surge of energy. I couldn't even explain it. I would go in the train and I would stand. You know the way, you know that thing people do to pregnant women? Like, oh, come yeah. and see that. Nobody ever did it to me. Because I, I think they probably don't know I was pregnant or I didn't look pregnant. Oh. And I also did not want it. I don't want pity party. I don't want unnecessary attention. I don't want to be made to feel like I'm weak. I'm mm. like, I'm pregnant, but I'm not weak. Because I'm not used to being weak. I'm not used to being a damsel in distress. If you get my me energy. So I'm always like, nah, nah, nah. I have to just be abreast of everything. I have to just be, the, I have to just do the right thing at the right time, you know, this thing. But hey, luckily for me, I had, I had the energy to go with it. So my tri- second trimester was good. And then I was looking pretty in my second trimester. And I was, you know, mm. I was feeling myself. Yeah, and then that time came. <laughs> that time came when I started avoiding the mural. Because <laughs> <laughs> things have changed. I literally have to go to my phone to check my past pictures to remind myself of what I look like. Wow. And I was scared. My stomach was huge. <laughs> my stomach was huge. And... Because I was, I, I didn't want to get comfortable mm-hmm. in, in, in a new size, in a size 16 or whatever the size was. I usually, I kept my clothes. I just wore my clothes that were originally bigger. Even if we were just four of them, I would wear just those four clothes. Just so I don't get comfortable buying a new size 16 and think, oh, this is the new normal. This is not a normal. I really would want to go back to what I look like. <laughs> I would avoid, I would avoid the mirror in the morning because my nose was huge and oh. adora i would ask him i'll tell him my nose is really big he's like no it's not big in fact mm-hmm. I w- he followed me for antenatal point and i complained to my doctor that my nose i think is bigger than normal and she asked him and he said no that that's the normal size that's <laughs> 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 not the normal size so he's probably just been polite like i thought it was really really polite and i understood what it felt like for a woman to see herself go through weird changes and not yeah. being able to do anything yeah. about it i wanted to work out i would have loved to work out if i could so my doctor was like no you can't do certain workouts so i do zumba i do zumba just to you know just yeah. to be healthy and try to keep in shape and every time i mount the scale because every week in my third trimester i had to record my weight and tell yeah. my doctor what it is Okay. And when I see it, and it, like in a week, you're, you you get like one kg. I'm like, oh, get one kg in a week. What am I doing different? And I went from being under 60 kg to yeah. a 74 kg. Ooh. I was 50 something kg pre-pregnancy weight. Uh-huh. And I became 74 kg. Wow. And I had to check online. Like, please, is this normal? <laughs> how, many, okay, how many kg are you supposed to gain during pregnancy? I'm just my 36 week. I'm already seven. Yeah. And it's that I couldn't find a platform, a Nigerian platform. I wanted something relatable, if you know what I mean. My yeah. stomach was big. I wanted to see a fellow black woman's stomach that was equally as big. big. I'll check, and when I Google things, I see only white people. At mm-hmm. th- at 40 weeks, 
their stomach is flatter than my one first trimester stomach. So I'm like, please, these people are not, like, you can't tell me this how flat your stomach is at 40 weeks. And they look so slim. So that's affect, that starts, started to affect me also because I'm feeling like, am I just, am I bigger than normal? So yeah. I really started looking for black people, Nigerians. But I think because because of the culture of being secretive in Nigeria, which I don't blame anybody though. You know, when you're pregnant, you pretend that you're not pregnant until you have the baby. Yeah. You, know, you tell people, oh, you're just bloated. No, it's just food. You hide yourself so you have the baby. So you, people don't come out to really tell their stories, tell things like how many weight did I up, your weight gain, yeah. show your baby bump. Even mm-hmm. though I see it, I see a photo shoot of um, baby pumps, but I don't know what week exactly that is to compare yeah. with. Yeah. So I only have the white folks who have said, who are very, very open and mm-hmm. say, oh, they can just 10 kg. I mean, I've gained like 20 kg, 15 kg at what week. So it was, I, I started feeling very bad about it. I was, I was actually sad. Wow. So I started to have those ones also because I'm like, okay, this is taking a toll on my emotions and there's something that your emotions actually affect your baby. So yeah. the doctor always told me, you have to, you have to be happy. You have to have a healthy emotion because that also affects the baby. Mm-hmm. I will also say that the first time I had a, a connection with my baby, and I don't know, for me, some first moment, when you're pregnant, you have mm-hmm. this instant connection. I believe people that are trying to conceive may have it. But if your baby came all of a sudden, if you have the all of a sudden baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> you may not get it. So the first time I had the connection was at, I think, 12 weeks when I went to my first ultrasound and I saw this human, even as, even we're just, we're just three-quarter head and the remaining <laughs> was just, we like only body, skeletal system anyways, that's what I just call it. It was just a big head and skeletal system. Oh. But there was this bond, like, like I remember crying, like, whoa, I have a human growing inside of me. Are you serious? And that was the first time I felt the bond. And that was 12 weeks into pregnancy. So the first 12 weeks, I'm just like, okay, okay. I just know that they say there's a human being in you, but mm-hmm. I couldn't relate until I saw. And when they put the, when the, the, the ultrasound um, doctor was trying to do what she was doing, I could see her run around because she didn't like the feel. She didn't like the pressure. Mm-hmm. So it made me feel like people say this thing is just a coagulated blood. Like this is a human being. This is a human being because she had, she could sense, she could feel, she could sense because I could see her run around my stomach trying to avoid the heat or the pressure from, yeah. from, the, from, the, from the doctor. Yeah. And it, it dawned on me that this is not just, um, even though it's a fetus, it's, <laughs> it's a living being. It breaks. The heartbeat was faster than a human, than an adult's heartbeat. I can remember the first heartbeat was what was over 100 or so. So it's fast, it's, it's breathing, it's living, it's moving, it's, it's growing, it's feeding. So when people say, oh, it's, it's, just, it's just blood, it's not just blood, it's, it's a human being in there. So um, something also happened that got me really upset okay. with Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I put that My mom is a chief matron. She got, she, she's retired chief matron in okay. Nigeria. Mm-hmm. At 10, I had, uh, I was really sick and I had a blood transfusion at 10 years old. And because I didn't get blood, I was told my blood group was B positive. So all my life, I've always thought I was B positive. Like, how dare you make a mistake in my mom's general hospital? Like she was working in that hospital. Like 
you would be meticulous enough to, you know, the Nigerian system that Omo Oga, when uh, Oga's uh, child uh, is sick, you do all you can to do it right. Anyways, I, I, my first checkup here, the moment, I was the moment I realized I was pregnant, that's do certain tests, and that includes your blood test, your blood group. And they said I was O positive. I almost oh. argued with the doctor. I'm like, no, no. See, eh? <laughs> my, my mom is a matron. Like, they could not have made a mistake. I had a blood transfusion. I remember taking three pints of blood. They could not have given me three pints of B positive blood when I was O positive. The doctor was looking at me like, why did you do this test? And then, of course, <laughs> I started on like, Nigeria. Like, oh. At that point. <laughs> I realized that, well, this is not this one. The was like, did you, get, did you get a second opinion from another country? I was like, no. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> so she said, okay, we'll do this again, just for clarity's sake. And then she printed the result again, and it was all positive. I was, I was pissed off like i call my mom there i'm like just to clarify what did you say my blood group was she was mm -hmm. like ah, positive. you and your dad you are being positive <laughs> mom, i'm not being positive i'm all positive how dare they make a mistake like this when i was 10 decades ago like how dare you make this kind of mistake I, what, so what blood was i given at that time I went to NYSE and every of my ID card, all right, be positive. God forbid there's an accident or something. Just, all you have to just check the ID card and transfuse the blood if needed. So here I am going around thinking I'm be positive. And I just found out years after that I was all positive. Mm -hmm. And I just lost fit in Nigeria system. And I got scared. I'm like, is my, <laughs> what's it called? My um, phenotype even correct? That you have uh, your, your AA and AS. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the genotype, right? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think. Yeah, that's the genotype. The other one was blood group. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the genotype, actually. The other one was blood group. Yeah. So my blood group is so positive. So now I was scared about my genotype. Like, am I really AA? Because I was told on my life, I was AA. Mm -hmm. Like, I draw is AS. So now I'm scared that if yeah. I am not AA, as these people have told me, I might have a chance of having an, a sickle cell baby. And I was really, I was really, really scared. Wow. And I was just hoping that, <laughs> I hope that I'm really what I was told I was. So the whole, the whole thing, the whole system where you grow up thinking you're something and then you have to leave the country to find out that you're right. not. Like, what's our healthcare system like? What is the, what is the, how solid, how authentic are the results we get from this healthcare system? I just lost faith in it. I just totally lost faith in it because it was sad. If you guys couldn't have treated this right, especially when I would have, was having a blood transfusion. So when on earth would they have gotten it right? It was just, anyway, that's just a digress anyways. But that, those are one of those discoveries I, I found out during, during this process of um, conception. So, yeah. And I could imagine that for somebody that is pregnant for the first time and you're dealing with a lot, then to have that huge bomb dropped on you in a period of uncertainty and like the ramifications yeah. are wrong about your genotype and the implications it might have on your baby, that must have been easy. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's crazy some of the experiences that happened and coming from, from Nigeria and stuff where 
So I, if they could make that mistake, so I'm thinking, what about mothers that have kids in hospitals? Like, what are the mistakes they are making? How much of some of the um, health issues, complication as birth, is as a result of the lack of care or mismanagement by the hospital staff and all that? Like, it's scary to think of. But it, it's a lots of wrong diagnosis. Lots yeah, of it. Yeah. So I was when you were talking about the ultrasound. I was going to ask you, what did you feel like when you first had the heartbeat for the first time? That's what I said. I wept actually. Mm. I, I it was an it was it was an eureka moment. Like, whoa, yeah, this is real. This is not just. <laughs> this is not just. Hey, I'm pregnant. Like, I really understood what I'm pregnant meant. Right. Oh. All the while, I was just like, okay, I'm pregnant. There's, I believe, there's a child growing in me. I don't know what it felt like. At that point, your bump, you don't even have a baby bump yet. So it's almost theoretical. That yeah. Other than the fact that I had morning sickness, there was no physical change to it. So my stomach is still the usual size. But hearing the heartbeat made me realize that, yeah, okay, now this is it. Really? Human, it's, it's, it almost can't be explained. Like you have a whole human being feeding off you. So whatever I eat now affects this baby. My emotions now affects this baby. My exercise, whatever exercise I choose to do now affects this baby. If I jump too much, crawl too much, walk too much, sit too much, everything affects this child. So you're no more living for yourself now. Mm -hmm. You're living for two people. So, and although although they say eat for two people, you're not necessarily eating for two people. That's the mistake we used to make sometimes. We carry a big bowl of hair, but and then <laughs> so yeah, for two people. <laughs> so yeah, and then your appetite changes also. It's okay. Then you start craving. I'm not a sweet tooth person, mm -hmm. but now I found myself wanting ice cream, and then I would devour a reasonable bowl of ice cream. And <laughs> I know the consequences coming anyways, because yeah, now you've drank ice cream, so things will happen. <laughs> Finished a medium-sized pizza. I was gonna need that. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully I don't grow up, grow to look like a whale. <laughs> I was beginning to eat a lot. Yeah, but I didn't have so much craving. I said, so I was glad I didn't crave things like gala because hey, where am I gonna get it? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the aspect of, of the whole this thing is to see how people change like in terms of what you eat the things you like and i hear for some people it go as far as even their visual perspective and perceptions so they might not they might become irritated by a color or something oh so, yeah 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 it's a thing to call a certain cop irritated me <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? my drinking water irritated me i don't have to always get um bottled water that was the only thing I could take. The water from my refrigerator, which I used to take prior, mm -hmm. irritated me. So yeah, it was weird. Wow. It was weird. And it was more painful for me because I couldn't do anything about it. I didn't okay. know what to do about it. Even if you're sick here, you know, you know, um, advised to use medications because that could also affect the baby. Mm -hmm. My prenatal drugs, I hated it because every time I took it, I birthed. I had to throw up. Wow. So I'm like, what am I supposed to take? I don't the things I'm meant to take, I don't like them. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a lot. The, the look for me, the change in appearance started in my third trimester. And that was when I 
I didn't feel pretty. That was just it. I didn't feel pretty at all. And I was just scared that I wouldn't go back to what I used to look like. Like I better <laughs> go back to looking like myself again. <laughs> I would I would avoid the mirror in the morning while brushing my teeth. But the best part was my husband found me attractive. I'm like, is this guy weird? <laughs> like he liked it. He, I, I, at first I thought he was probably pretending. Maybe I was just trying to be polite. Yeah. But I know that your your mouth can say something else and your facial expression will say another thing. So yeah. when he talks, I actually look into his eyes. I look at him because not everyone can hide their facial expression. So you can say, oh, you look good. And then your mouth is like, Who's this? <laughs> so I was looking at him to actually get, and he actually, he found me attractive. And that actually, that, that helped a bit. That helped a lot, actually, not a bit. So even though I wasn't feeling pretty, at least the person that was constantly staring at me, two four seven, found me pretty. Things I was very attractive, so that helped a lot. So men really, the 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 emotional support you can't undermine the emotional support that mm-hmm. your spouse gives or the effect it has on you. True. Because sometimes I look at him and he's fresh. I'm like, we are we did this thing together. For you, you are looking fresh like this. I mean, I'm looking like a monster. Of course, I didn't say it out, but I just I was pissed. And then I remember a friend of mine when she was pregnant said she one day she just went to her husband and gave him a knock. Uh-uh. And then I was not, I, I just recently got married. So in my head, I didn't say it out, but in my head, I was like, man, bro, that's extreme. Like, how can you be so violent? She said she just looked at him and she felt she felt ugly and she felt, look at you. You did this with me, and then you were looking good, and then you're just eating everything and they're looking fresh. And at that point, she just gave him a knock and she started to cry. Uh-uh. so at that point when that when that happened to me i remember what she said i'm like yeah now i understand <laughs> now i understand why she did that so and i was glad that a lot of people cry a lot of women wake up and they just feel very emotional and you can't even explain explain it sometimes you just want to be by yourself i'm just glad that in that aspect i didn't i was in control of my emotions oh, okay yeah. I, I didn't have the roller coaster emotion where if I was happy most of the time oh. until the third trimester, I was I was usually very happy for whatever reason. Yeah. So even though I looked at him sometimes, I thought, hmm, this is unfair. But I didn't feel like giving me a knock though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like giving me a knock. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I can understand.